What is up everyone, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode, I just have a couple quick announcements. First off, thank you for tuning in. The support on the podcast so far has been amazing. We're super excited about the community that we're building here with Move Local. So we cannot wait to continue to grow and meet more amazing people. If you guys aren't following us on Instagram, head over there and follow us, move.local, as well as sign up for our newsletter if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any new releases of episodes, of merchandise, of exciting news that we have coming up for the Move Local community. Head over there, sign up so you do not miss out. You can find that in the bio on Instagram or in the show notes below of this episode. And then lastly, guys, if you've liked or took value from any one of our episodes so far, please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you consume your podcast, subscribe to Move Local, and drop us a review and a rating. It really helps our podcast grow. It helps us get good feedback from you guys, what you want to hear more of, what you want us to improve on, so that we can continue to provide you with the best content possible and grow this amazing community. That is all I have for today. Enjoy this episode of Move Local. Welcome to the Move Local podcast. Our mission is to connect the movers and shakers of the Duntas and Hamilton area who pride themselves on growing a healthier and more connected community. We will do this through having conversations around health, education, entrepreneurship, and much more. We want to be part of helping you move confident, move free, and move local. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Move Local Podcast, brought to you by The Movement. My name is Dalton, and alongside me today is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, Dalton. I am extra good because I've got some extra high-quality coffee right here. I know. We've <laughs> been excited about this one all day, and I, I told you before I came before we came here that I drank way too much coffee so far in the day, but... There was no way I was going to deny a cup of coffee with our guest today. So I am uh, I'm fully caffeinated and ready to get after it. I think you made the right decision. Me too. <laughs> uh, but guys, we're back with another episode here. I'm super pumped to be sitting down with Mike from 7th Coffee, which is located in Brantford, Ontario. Um, we're excited to hear the story behind the brand, behind the coffee, and everything he's got going on here. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for saying yes to uh, me giving you guys a coffee. Yeah. You really had no choice. I, I, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for having us in your space. It's really cool. It's, it's awesome to be here uh, in the flesh. Yeah, no, our, our space, we really love our space. It's, it's got this kind of rustic feel to it. It's got the old brick on the walls. I mean, it's, it's in what's called the rope factory. Uh, this used to be a rope factory. It used to be the biggest rope factory in Canada. And uh, we just, yeah, we just love the rustic, like you can see the pipes and stuff. It's just, it's got a cool feel to it. The whole kind of complex does. So we really, uh, we really think it vibes with what we're doing. It actually feels like you kind of went back in time a little bit, you know, yeah. when you're in here, you can sort of feel the energy. Yeah. And you can hear like things crawling around on the roof sometimes. So it might be ghosts, might be raccoons, who knows, right? It's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. And it, uh, it's definitely a different vibe than some coffee shops I've been in in the last little while, which I like. You know, I like the different options. It's um, it's cool to get a little different taste, you know? Yeah, totally. And, I mean, I, I go to coffee shops all the time, and I'm always, you know, checking out the vibes. And it's it's different. There's there's a lot of kind of sleek-looking new places, um, and I just uh, – I'm, I'm a fan of that old rustic, you know? I mean, it just uh, – something, something speaks to me about that. So that's that's what we went for here. 
Is there something about that that represents the brand specifically? Um, I would say that, I mean, if I were to kind of look to draw a parallel, it would be that we're just, we're, we're very open and we're very transparent about what we do and we're kind of old school about it. Um, you know, it's not about being flashy for us. Uh, it's about the story. It's about the coffee. That's what it comes down to. And this place is not about looking flashy. It's just about being, you know, being what it is. And that's kind of uh, how we roll with our company. And I know, like, just looking on your Instagram, Discover Better Coffee was something that's, like, right in the kind of bio of your Instagram. Now, can you take me through what that is and why that's important to you? Yeah, so we, we've we really kind of evolved with what we're doing, and we, we're kind of thinking about what we are at its core. And what we really do at our core is introduce people to better coffee. And that kind of comes down to... I remember discovering better coffee. I remember the moment that I tried a really good cup of coffee. And it was at uh, the food and drink show in Hamilton and it's gotta be going on 10 years ago. And I, my, my wife at the time was pregnant. Um, so, you know, I was uh, trying all the beers and the wines and the foods and she was, uh, you know, being jealous. <laughs> and there was a coffee roaster there, the one coffee roaster that was there. So she wanted to get a coffee and she goes, hey, that's pretty good, you should try it. And I remember taking a sip of the Colombian coffee and going, oh my God, coffee can be good. It's not just like fuel to get through the day, like this can taste really good. And that was it for me. It was kind of, that was about the same time I discovered craft beer. You know, you start to get into all this sensory type stuff and just things can be so much better than we thought. And I mean, Canada's fantastic in that we have Tim Hortons and Tim Hortons is kind of like a gateway. Everybody, you have to try Tim Hortons coffee. Like by the time you're 12, I think it's law, you have to have tried Tim Hortons coffee, right? And people love it. And then they try Starbucks and they go, wow, coffee can be even better than Tim Hortons. That's great. And then they try a local roaster and go, wow, this blows Starbucks out of the water. It's just, it's a whole journey. So we want to be part of people's journey to discover better coffee. I love it. Speaking of really good coffee, this coffee that you made for us is phenomenal. Yeah, so this is our summer blend. Um, one of the things that I love doing, I mean, kind of it goes back to this whole taste adventure thing. Like I, I'm big on, you know, going to different restaurants. In my old uh, job, I traveled around the world. I spent a lot of time in Europe. I spent a lot of time in Asia. And my favorite part of any of that was trying restaurants, trying new foods. Uh, I just, I love taste experiences. Um, so now I'm able to translate that. So a lot of roasters kind of have the same five or six roasts that they do all the time. And that's cool. If that's their stable and that's what their customers love, that's fantastic. I have like 15 right now. I have another three or four in my head that I'm kind of working on. I just love creating taste experiences. I just, I love messing with stuff. Some, we, we have a roast called Pivot that comes out every now and again, um, which is just stuff that we've been experimenting with because I just like to experiment. And most of the time I'm like, this is just not good. And it ends up going in the garbage. But every now and again, I hit on something and we, were, we hit on this one, it's gotta be six months ago or so now. And we were just like, this is so good, we have to release this. We don't have enough of this coffee to make it a staple but we have to release this. People have to know about this. So we, we release Pivot and it just, it's just all part of kind of who we are. Like we're discovering better coffee too. We just, we love experimenting. I love flavors. I love, yeah, I love coming up with stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's what makes us fun. I feel like you have to have that approach in this business because like even just with one green bean that you get, you know, there's a thousand different ways to make it. Yeah, totally. There's so many variables that go into coffee. I mean, we, we did a collaboration with a roaster out in Woodstock uh, last summer. Uh, just 
kind of friends of ours that we met through the industry and we both bought a bag of the exact same green coffee. They tend to roast their stuff darker, I tend to roast it lighter. We decided to sell it as a collaboration where theirs was dark and ours was light. And they were like night and day, the taste difference between the two. They were both fantastic, but it was just, people were blown away. And that, again, that's kind of going to our core of Discover Better Coffee. We want people to understand that, you know, a light roast and a dark roast of the same thing can taste night and day different. I mean, how you brew it can make it taste different. Uh, the water you use can make it taste different. So we're, we're kind of trying to help people along that journey. And, uh, you know, we're, we're big on education, too, because, you know, coffee isn't just coffee. It's like wine. There's flavor notes and all kinds of crazy stuff that people come across. And we write some flavor notes on our bags. I occasionally have people tell me that I'm crazy. It doesn't taste like that at all. And then some people are like, that is bang on. But like flavor is all subjective. But, you know, generally speaking, if something's good, it's good. And I know, you know, you hit on creativity and innovation throughout that kind of talk there. And I know that's a big part of what you guys do here. Take me through the process of like that creative side of coming up with a new roast. Like how does that go from your brain to the cup? Yeah, so what I do, I do some seasonal stuff. We have a, some seasonal espressos we do. We have some seasonal blends we do, like the summer blend you guys are drinking. What I like to do right now is just, for the seasonals, think about what the season means to me. Like, I think about summer, and I think about how it's kind of light, and, you know, that kind of sweetness of the smell of grass. Like, uh, I'm a crazy person. I realize this. Um, but I, tr I tr And then I try to think of how would I translate that to a coffee. Well, I'd like something that's kind of lighter-bodied a little more acidic, a little on the sweet side, I think that would translate really nice to a summer coffee. And that's, then I go, okay, what coffees can I put together or what single coffee can I buy and then roast a little differently that may work with that? Uh, and then in winter, the same thing. I thought, you know, cozying up in front of the fireplace, you want a really kind of heavy-bodied coffee. I think about chocolate when I think about someone's fireplace. So I want it to be like, I want it to be a chocolate kind of heavy coffee, but what goes good with chocolate? Eh, a little bit of berries, maybe a little bit of vanilla. And then I just I look at the coffees that we either have or that we can source that kind of mix, mix into that. And then generally what happens is I spend a month or two testing them out. I'll roast them a little differently. I'll do some different combinations. What happened with our winter blend was uh, I hit on it and I told my partner like, this is it, this is amazing. I've really hit on something I love here. And he tried it and he loved it. And then we were ready to release it. And then the night before I was like, you know what, maybe if I actually change it and put this in and this in and this instead at this ratio. And then I did the night before and I was like, oh my God, this is even better. So it's, it's a process that's really never ending until basically I've painted myself into a corner and say, all right, we have to start selling this tomorrow so I can't keep changing it. But um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's having fun for me. It's um, you know, experimenting, trying different things. You know, you hit on some stuff, you don't on some others. And the stuff I don't, I take home and drink myself. Yeah, yeah. Exactly how you describe the summer feel is what I get from drinking this blend. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's, you know, that's probably the best compliment I could get. So that's, uh, I guess I hit on this one. Yeah, I, I think it's it's like that lightness, you know? Yeah, uh, totally. It's, it's hard to describe. Obviously, you describe it better, but I get that kind of feel. Like, I, this doesn't feel like a winter coffee. Yeah, it's kind of heavy on fruit, like berries, some stone fruit to it. Like, you know, kind of tinge of mango kind of thing, those pitted fruits. And then, yeah, I went with something a little more acidic. Um, and that has to do with how it's brewed as well, how it's ground, like everything. There's so many factors that go into it. But yeah, when I, 
when I think of summer, I think I hit on the coffee that, uh, that fits for summer. Not a lot of people think about hot drinks in summer, but we're all drinking a coffee every morning, regardless of the temperature outside. So, I'm one of those people, no matter what, I'm drinking hot coffee. Absolutely. Even if it's like scorching hot. Yeah. yeah. Then you got your cold brew for the afternoon. Exactly. Do you guys do cold brew too? Yeah. So we, uh, at the roastery here, we serve nitro cold brew. Um, Nothing hits you like a nitro cold brew. Oh yeah. It just gets you juiced. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we sell, we sell a ton of that during the summer. We're actually going to start doing growlers of it. Um, this summer I, uh, I just today actually put in an order for some custom seventh growlers. Um, so cold brew is big for us in the summer. Uh, we sell cold brewers people can do at home. Um, we, we have some suggestions on which coffees go well with cold brew. We have a whole brewing guide that tells you how to do cold brew, but really when it comes down to coffee, coffee, the biggest problem for me when I started to get into this industry and I came from consumer electronics, so I was not a coffee guy. I was probably one of those people who was just like, Hey, let's do this. That, you know, people in the industry are like, you know, you don't, you don't belong here. To me, coffee was not approachable. I knew a lot about coffee because I got into coffee and I'm into wine and I'm into beer. So I know a lot of things that a lot of people don't know, but not everybody's like that. Some people just want to have a really good cup of coffee. So we did these brewing guides. We come in and we do education classes because some people just want to know how to make a good cup of coffee. They don't really care too much about the bean, about how it's processed, about what anaerobic fermentation is. You know, not everybody needs to know that. but. When you look at a bag of coffee sometimes from some of these, you know, really great roasters, I appreciate a lot of the information on there. But a lot of people look at that and have no idea what it is. Or if it's, you know, if it's named after a farm, you don't know if you're going to like it because I don't really know what those Spanish words mean or I don't know how to pronounce that African word. So, like, I'm actually just going to go get something I'm familiar with. So we try to stick away from that. That's why we do a little bit of tasting notes here and there so people understand. But people call us, people email us. We kind of, like I said, we try to make it approachable. It's not, it's not one of these things that you need a PhD to understand coffee. You can know a little bit and a little bit of knowledge goes a long way. So we really wanted to make things approachable. Yeah, I love that because I think it can be a bit intimidating when you're stepping into trying to explore better coffee because there's so many different things. And, you know, I, I don't like using the word coffee snob, but like sometimes there's like a snobbish like aspect around it and people can get a little intimidated by that. And the fact that you guys are, you know, willing to kind of break that barrier down and make it more approachable and kind of educate people on how to do it. Cause once you figure out how to do it, it's not, it's not that complex like you're saying, and you can enjoy such a great cup of coffee, um, with a few simple, simple steps. Yeah, absolutely. It, it can be as easy or as difficult as you want it to be. I think there was a, there was a time where you would go into a private or an independent, I mean, sorry, coffee shop where the baristas just kind of were smug, kind of looked down on you, and that kind of turned people off of coffee. Um, there's a really prominent coffee roaster out of Calgary um, that I was listening to a podcast about them, and they, they, when they, it was just the two of them, they were running their own cafe, and they admit now they were guilty of that. They wouldn't let people put cream or milk in their coffee. They would kind of look down their nose at them and say, like, like really? You want to ruin this coffee with cream milk? For us, if that's how you drink your coffee, that's fantastic. We can make it taste better. We can make a coffee that goes great with cream or milk. Right. I mean, I joke when people come in here and uh, 
I ask them if they want cream milk sugar, and they say no. If anyone says no, I said, all right, that's a test question and you passed. But, you know, we're not, we're not pretentious, stuck-up, quote-unquote, coffee snobs. We just, we're trying to make great coffee that people love. And that's one of the reasons we have, you know, 15, 16, 17 different roasts. There's a lot of roasts that go really great with milk. Some, like, some of our espressos are really good in milk-based beverages. Other ones are really good straight. You know, there's, there's a lot of different things you can do with coffee without having to be snobbish about it. So we, we try to make it approachable. I try to be approachable. Uh, my partner is really approachable about it. I mean, he, he knew very little about coffee when we decided to get into this. I was the, you know, the coffee guy. So it was, it was a good training exercise for us, for him to learn about it. How can we make it approachable for you? And then we translate that to our customers. Yeah, and you know, f- for us, it's a completely different realm. Like we're in the realm of health and, and physiotherapy, but education and communicating to the the people that we see is super important because we have you know this wealth of knowledge in that area. And you know, if we were to go and spout all that off to somebody in a session, they're not going to know half the stuff that we're we're talking about. So part of our job is to take that information that we understand and make it into something that's easy for for them to to understand and communicate that. And I see a lot of parallels to that with with what you're saying, where it's like, okay, let's take this coffee and communicate it to the people in a way that they understand um, and educate them on how to to do it appropriately, so they can get the best experience. Similar to what you know we're trying to do in a sense. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really hard thing to remember that you need to back out of your own viewpoint. Because, yeah, you guys are into the health stuff, and you know health stuff you know, a million times better than me. And sometimes we get into this feeling where everybody knows as much as we do. So I can talk to people about an AeroPress, and they'll know what I'm talking about. Most people, when I say AeroPress, are like, I'm sorry, what now? You know, you have to be able to step out and step into your customer's shoes or your potential target's shoes to really understand where are they coming from. And I think that's really when you break through. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Um, let's dive into the story, though, behind 7th Coffee. I, would lo- I know there's a story to it, and I would love to hear more about it. Sure, yeah. So um, the story starts about six years ago. Uh, my son, Jack, was born. Um, he, he was slow in sitting up, he was slow in crawling, he just, he had all of these delays, and um, I, was, I was that dad who was like, yeah, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine, and uh, my wife at the time, his mom, was like, no, something's off here. Um, so once he got to about 10 or 11 months old, you know, we were in the same camp, that yeah, something's not right here. Um, he's generally speaking healthy, but something, something's not right. So we wound up doing a bunch of testing, a bunch of genetic testing, and it turns out that Jack has a syndrome called Williams syndrome. Um, and Williams syndrome, here, here comes the tie-in, is where uh, part of the seventh chromosome is missing. So he's got some developmental delays. Um, right now he's six, but he functions more like a four-year-old or so. Um, he's really skinny for his age. Uh, there are a lot of health problems that come with having Williams syndrome, and luckily so far he has not had any of them, uh, you know, knock on wood. But that was a point in my life for, you know, a couple of years where I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Because when you have something like that happen, and it's not in the traditional sense, but it's a tragedy when something like that happens. I mean, he didn't, he didn't die. It's not like someone close to me, you know, something really bad happened to them. But, you know, you imagine your life and you imagine your life for your kids and all of a sudden that's gone. Um, you know, I, 
it wasn't where am I going to live when I retire? Am I going to move to Florida or whatever? It's Jack's probably going to live with me when I retire because Jack's probably not, never going to live on his own. And I'm going to have to fight tooth and nail for Jack all the time. So there was two, three years there where I was really just trying to figure things out. And like I said, in my previous job, I was working for someone else. Um, I spent a bunch of time all over the world. And, you know, I would have to go to appointments for Jack because he sees a bunch of specialists all the time. And um, my boss at the time basically told me that he felt like my family life was getting in the way of work when I, you know, I'd be gone for a week or two at a time and I'm working nine to five, but every now and again, I'd have to leave at one to take my son to an appointment. And when he said that to me, it was just, it was kind of that, that dawning moment where I was like, yeah, you know, I need to work for myself. And more importantly, I need to work for Jack. I need something that's going to work for him. So uh, my partner, I had actually hired him for his first job at a university. Um, he had since moved on, but um, we, we got to talk and we lived really close to each other. Um, we got to talking about, you know, let's do something, number one, that is for us only. Let's stop, you know, making money for other people, to be honest. Uh, but let's, let's do something that makes the world a better place. So we founded Seventh um, as, as a social enterprise. So we work with some charities. Um, we, we try to make the world a slightly better place. You know, I feel like if everyone in the world just tried to make it a slightly better place, we, we could all do it. So that's kind of the start of 7th. Um, I mean, what I tell everyone all the time is none of that story would matter if the coffee wasn't any good. Mm. Because a great story is great, but without great coffee, doesn't matter. But um, we decided we decided to move forward with it, um, and that's that's kind of the story. So our logo um, has a seven with part of the seven missing, since Jack is missing part of his seventh chromosome. I have a tattoo that's the exact same thing. That's kind of where we got the logo from. So that's it. So we uh, we also have a coffee named Hijacked. That's after Jack. Um, Jack with William syndrome. Jack is the most friendly kid uh -huh. you've ever met. Uh, he doesn't have stranger danger, which is both good and bad but he'll say hi to everyone all the time. And even me, he'll say hi to constantly. Uh, so we were trying to think of a, a name because I wanted his name to be on one of the coffees. And we were like, okay, jack of all trades, jacked up. And jacked up kind of works because caffeine, and, but it just, it didn't quite feel right. And then um, one day he was upstairs and I was on my way down the stairs and we have this railing you can kind of look through. And he's going, daddy, hi daddy, hi daddy, hi daddy, hi daddy. I'm like, hi Jack. And it just, it was, that was it. That's the one. That is it. So I texted my partner and I was like, I got it. It's hijacked. That's what it's got to be. So now we call whenever Jack says hi to people, it's, you, you've been hijacked. So <laughs> that's, that's the, the long version of the story of seventh. No, I appreciate you sharing that. I, I think it's, um, it's awesome to hear that. And, you know, I appreciate the um, intention in, in everything that you've done with the brand around that, you know, I, I know Will loves the, the branding side of things and he's done a lot of the creation of the brand for what we do at our business. And, you know, when I was reading through the story and then, you know, reading, looking at your logo and now even you telling the story about the hijacked uh, name, it's like there's a lot of intention around what you do with the, with the brand. And I think that, that that's awesome. Yeah. And Jack shows up on our social media now and again. Um, I try not to, you know, put him on there too much. I don't want, uh, I don't want, quote unquote, him to be exploited. 
But having him there every now and again, I really think raises awareness. That's really what we're trying to do. Um, for example, this past week, um, February 28th is Rare Disease Day. Uh, so it's about rare diseases, disorders. Jax is considered rare because it's a one in 10,000. We happen to be spending the day at Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, uh, which is an eye-opening experience. Um, you know, you see a lot of sick kids there because it's Sick Kids Hospital, but I decided, you know, let's not make today's social media post about coffee. Let's make it about, you know, Jack has to go to specialist after specialist after specialist. We have to travel. I mean, the, the whole reason we were at Sick Kids is he's, he's getting some very minor dental surgery done, but he needs to be put under general anesthesia. Kids with Williams have a higher risk of sudden death when they go under general anesthesia. So this requires planning now and time off and bunch of specialists. So every now and again, we just want to post that because we want people to understand, you know, our identity as a company, but also this affects the people around you. There's people everywhere that are going through things like this. It touches every family. So we just want to remind people of that because um, it's, you know, it's important to remember to kind of be kind to each other. You know, when COVID started, it's kind of funny in a not so funny way, I suppose. We were all kind of, we're all in this together and we've, slowly drifted from that it feels like and there's just there's divide everywhere and I hate seeing that um, and that's kind of quote unquote my life's work that I want to make the world a better place and bring people together so Jack is a part of that I mean Jack is what set me on this path so he's he's an incredibly important part of who I am today and who we are as a company do you find like how do you find the story of how you created seventh coffee translates to how you approach things in the actual day-to-day -day business operations yeah so day-to-day -day we just we we try to make decisions that will have a positive effect on everybody we approach our coffee partners as you know let's make better coffee let's let's have your customers enjoy better coffee whether they're at your cafe or their restaurant let's make people's day a little bit better than it was going to be. And that's really how we come to our decisions. And I mean, we, in terms of business ethics, we always think we want to treat people the way that we would want to be treated. And if I see someone going through something, you know, something you can just tell, I'll give them a free cup of coffee because you know, it looks like you're having a tough day here. This one's on us, you know, pay it forward. Just little things like that. We just, we just, again just try to make the world a slightly better place yeah and i think coffee's such a great way to do that like it's such a great way to bring people together um it's just one of those things like you know when you're saying it can make just like try to make people's day better it's like when i put like this cup of coffee to my lips like a nice good cup of coffee instantly changes totally my day totally and i you just almost get that like oh yes like maybe it's because i'm getting a little caffeine fix but at the same time it's like Oh yes, a good coffee, and it can totally change your 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 day around. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the first thing most people drink in the morning. Something like seventy two percent of Canadians had a coffee yesterday. Adult Canadians had a coffee yesterday. Um, you know, and if it's the first thing you drink and it's you taste it and it's kind of bitter and it's kind of eh, it sets a tone for your day, right? But if you try something that you really love, you go, man, this is really good. And you get a little smile on your face and that's going to set the tone for your day as well. So, you know, maybe we're, 
you know, pie in the sky thinking when we think that, but I like to think that people try our coffee in the morning or have our coffee in the morning and go, yeah, this is good. I'm going to have a good day. There's something to like the process of it too. You know, like for me, everybody wants to make it faster, but to me, there's something about it actually taking a little bit of time or even going into a place and just enjoying the overall experience, how it smells, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. The raccoon noises. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wondering if the roof is going to collapse. No, Uh, no, it's like the whole process of making coffee can be really cathartic. I mean, I was telling you guys before we started, I have, uh, I have five kids. So I like to wake up before the children make my pour over in my Chemex. It's like a nice little process. I'm swirling the water around. There's no kids screaming yet. Seeing that coffee drip down, taking that sip, and then hearing all of their alarms go off and start screaming. All right, I already had a sip of my coffee. Today's going to be a good day. I'm not going to strangle any children today, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, community is obviously important to you guys. And, you know, I know you do some charities and fundraising for different different people. Um, You know, what does that look like for you guys in terms of, like, choosing the partners that you want to partner with and... What are some of the, who are some of the people that you guys have worked with in the past to, to try to raise money and support them? Yeah, so it is a difficult process because there's a lot of charities, there's a, there's a lot of deserving places out there. Um, how we really, the first one we did and how we've started, we try to do things that are personal to us. Uh, so Lansdowne Children's Center here in town in Brantford, um, they're a, a children's treatment center. Jack spent a lot of time there getting therapies because generally when kids have issues, early intervention is key, whether it's autism, whether it's uh, you know Williams syndrome, any number of things. So getting physiotherapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, all that stuff right away really helps. So Jack spent a lot of time there and it really touched me, the way that they dealt with him, the way that they dealt with our family. Um, so I ended up uh, joining the board of directors for Lansdowne Children's Center. So we, we do, uh, we have done some fundraising through them. Um, generally what we'll do is we will just pick a coffee or pick a bunch of coffees and say, okay, every bag of this we sell this month, uh, we're gonna donate X to charity and then pick that charity. Uh, my partner's on the Arnold Anderson Sports Foundation board where uh, basically allowing needy kids to do sports who couldn't otherwise afford it. Um, so that's, you know, we don't want to just be one of those companies who, yeah, we give money to here and here and here, and then we go home. Like, this is in our blood. We spend a lot of our time without a seventh coffee t-shirt on or hoodie on donating our time to make the community a better place. And it's not a, it's not a self-serving, hey, maybe you can sell more coffee this way. It's, you know, this community made it a better place for us. It's time for us to make it a better place for other families. So that's kind of where we approach it. We try to do personal things. Um, We did one for the MS Society uh, right after my partner's uh, uncle unfortunately died of MS complications. Um, We we worked with Nova Vida, that's a women's shelter here. I have a close personal connection to Nova Vida. Um, It's just, yeah, it's it's figuring out where we can best be used. And a lot of the time, it's, it's not so much about the money, it's about spreading the story. Mm-hmm. getting more eyeballs on the story, getting more people to realize that like, there are all these amazing organizations out here that need people. They need people to know their story. They need people to volunteer. So that's as much as the money aspect of it for us. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons why we, we started this podcast was to connect with you know people like you and even make more connections with 
you know, um, charities that are they're putting good causes on in the local community because I agree. I think when people understand the story and then attach the story to the place, they're much more likely to create this relationship with them. Um, and that can lead to more awareness and or money being raised for, for a company. Um, so yeah, I, lo- I love that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I found that the volunteer bug and the doing better for your community bug, it, it gets in, you know, you do it a little bit and then you can't stop. Like I have to, I have to, pull myself back from spending too much time, you know, trying to help places out. But if like, like I keep harping on, if we all just spent a little bit of time making the world a better place, you know, the world would be such a better place. I remember before I started the volunteering, before I started seventh, I didn't know where to start. Like, how can I make the world a better place? What can I do to make a difference in people's lives? And it's, it's like an hour a week or maybe even an hour a month. Like it doesn't take much. But if everyone did that, you know, we would all probably have a little more uh, empathy for each other. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's simple. But, yeah, once you start doing it, I've personally found, like, I can't stop. I just, I love seeing the smile on people's faces. I love making a difference as small as it can be. Yeah. Um, I want to transition to a couple rapid-fire questions for you. Let's do it. All right. Let's do favorite. I love, I love how he just braced himself yeah. for the rapid I'm fire I'm sitting up questions. now. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. I could take a sip of my coffee. Yes. I already finished it. Yeah. Um, let's do favorite, one of your favorite local restaurants in Brantford area. Ooh, that's a good one. I, it's like, for me, it's like beer. Like it constantly changes what my favorite is. Um, there's a restaurant called uh, Devlin's Country Bistro um, out in Mount Pleasant, um, which is around the corner from where I live. Uh, I would say that's probably one of my favorites right now. Ryan makes just amazing food. Is there anything in particular that you enjoy there? He does a seafood linguine that is just amazing. Ooh, okay. Um, okay. Let's do what, what is one of the, your favorite blends that you've created? Um, I'm a big fan of our winter blend that we are doing for like another month or so um, until it goes away just because of the amount of work and thought and energy that I put into that um, and just the reception it got afterwards and the amount of people who told me they loved it felt really good so that's that's probably the one okay and then what would be uh, outside of your coffee what are some of your your favorite coffee places to uh to enjoy so some of my favorite roasters um i talked about the food and drink show that was relay coffee uh, out of hamilton that um I, I love them and they're amazing people too uh jason spent some time with me before i opened this place kind of talking about you know what works what doesn't so i'm forever grateful to him same with detour out of hamilton i really love the things that they do them and d or Sorry, Detour and Relay are very different roasters from each other. I would say we're more along the lines of what Detour does and that they're constantly changing just like we are. But again, Alex from Detour, you know, he spent some time with me kind of going through some things before this uh, this whole seventh thing started, and I'm forever grateful to him too. Um, those are probably the two that um, I would say are probably my favorites. In terms of coffee shops, Brantford is empty. Like, we have no real independent coffee shops here. We had the Blue Dog, and unfortunately, they shut down in November. So in terms of coffee shops, I'm traveling. I'm traveling to get coffee. Yeah. Yeah, because I was looking around, and I saw that that place that you just mentioned there, the Blue Dog. Is that, yeah. yeah, the Blue Dog, yeah. And, and I didn't really see too many other ones, so that, yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, Brantford Brantford is just expanding population wise, huge. But uh, the pandemic, I think, hit Brantford pretty hard and hit some of the Brantford businesses really hard. I mean, it hit everyone hard. But uh, unfortunately, Blue Dog didn't make it through, and now there's just there's kind of a hole. So we'll see what happens. Okay, we're gonna go a little bit on the coffee thing here because I have something in my mind. So we're pausing the rapid fire questions. Got it. The the detour thing. Do you roast or like do some of your roast have like a a similarity to how detour roasts their coffee? I think it's just more that they they tend to be very creative and they're constantly changing their coffees. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the origins that they come from, different farms, things like that. That's more what we do. Um, whereas, uh, and a Relay is fantastic. Relay has like six or seven staples that are always there. And they, they do some other singles here and there, but uh, you kind of know what you're getting. Um, safe is the is the term I would use. Relay is really safe. They're fantastic coffee. It's safe. You know what you're getting. Detour is more adventurous, I yeah. would say, where you you could try something and hate it, or you could try something and love it. And that's what our coffee is kind of like. I say that especially about the way that we we did a couple of our Ethiopians. People either love it or they hate it. I love them, and my wife absolutely, let's just say, does not. I won't use the word hate, but. Um, <laughs> So that's kind of where we model ourselves. And that goes back to the discover better coffee thing. I want people to come in and be able to try something that they've never tried before. Even if they're a longtime customers of ours, I want them to say, oh, that's new. I want to try that. So that's that's more kind of with detour, uh, you know, pilot, propeller, some of those more Toronto-based uh, roasters do. We're right around the corner from detour. So I guess you could say we spend a little bit of time there. I could tell by the hat. I was just going to say. I could tell by the hat that you're wearing. I didn't even put that together. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, they're they're fantastic. I mean, yeah, I just, uh, th- there's a lot of roasters that I'd love to be one day, and they're, they're pretty close to the top of the list. There definitely is something to, like, I get so excited when I go there, and I'm going to get a bag of beans to bring home, and I just look at all the tasting notes, and I'm like, ooh, you know, that looks interesting. Totally. So it is cool that they have, like, and like yourself, you know, always coming up with different, interesting styles yep. to try. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what I like as a consumer. So that's what I translated into our business. Okay, back to rapid fire. <laughs> oh, I'll sit back up again. Yeah, get ready. That was the slowest rapid fire I've ever heard. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go off on that. Um, favorite local brewery. Favorite local brewery. Well, we're two down from Mash Paddle. They're a, they're a staple. Um, Again, Mash Paddle has like three or four really great beers that I love, but when I'm feeling adventurous, I head out to Flux. Um, I've worked with them on a coffee beer last year. I think we're going to be doing another one this year. Um, they're, they make some sours that I really like. You know, I'm not sure as a craft beer guy if I should admit that I like sours or not. But um, no, they, they come out with different beers all the time. So again, I'm kind of, I have an adventurous palate. Yeah. So I like, I like changing it up, changing what I'm trying. So Flux... Uh, there's Wishbone Brewing out of Waterford that's uh, that's really good. They're a, a relatively new one as well. Uh, Concession Brewing out of Jarvis. Um, I could go on and on. I probably know just as much about craft beer as I do about coffee. I hate to admit it, but uh, they sort of go hand in hand. Totally, totally. They absolutely do. It's it's flavor experience. The the problem I have with craft beer, or maybe the jealousy I have with craft beer is. You buy a can or a bottle, you pour it into a glass, that's it. You know how it's going to taste, and they know how it's going to taste. Coffee, unfortunately, has the variables of the consumer making it at home. So if you don't have a great machine, 
it may not translate. And then people may go, you know, this seventh coffee stuff isn't that great. It didn't actually taste <laughs> that great. So again, that's why we kind of, we harp on education. And we, say, and we have yeah. the brewing guides and stuff because unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, we have that extra step that craft beer doesn't. Yeah, it's cool. Um, who's one person you think would be good for us to, to interview on the show? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to say, just because I was just talking about Flux Brewing, uh, maybe Jeremy or, or even Kelsey, the head brewer from Flux Brewing, um, they, they, like me, kind of opened during the pandemic. They've had to pivot a bunch of times. Uh, Kelsey just won, I think, Young Brewer of the Year at uh, the Canadian Brewing Awards. Um, so she's fantastic. Um, yeah, I would, I would say them only because I was just talking about them. And if we hadn't been talking about anybody, I probably would have stammered and, uh, you know, tried to say this a bunch and fill the air until <laughs> I came up with somebody. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, we've, we've become like coffee, food, beer. We try, we've talked to, I feel like we're slowly becoming like a, a tasting podcast. And you know what? I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's it's funny. I, I tell people all the time, like when it comes to craft beer, when it comes to great restaurants, good coffee, there's no going back. You try the good stuff, there's no going back. Totally. Um, last question that we'd like to ask everyone is, what does Move Local mean to you? To me, we're all about local. Um, to me, it's about moving the needle locally. It's about people supporting each other locally um and in terms of the move you know it's it's getting out there it's like in terms of the actual physical moving it's just like i talked about with giving back to charities and volunteering you know it doesn't take much just you know get out there do a little bit of it and doing a little bit of it goes a long way and you get that itch and you want to do more and more and it's it's move local is kind of a whole encompassing thing to me that that comes to supporting local it comes to supporting yourself you know taking care of yourself um, while taking care of others love it yeah mike thanks so much for coming on i appreciate it um it's been awesome to kind of learn the the story behind seventh i think you know when we started this podcast our goal was to connect with different businesses um and i think you represent exactly what move local is you know you're in the community you have a story behind your brand that's close to you you know this is something that not only is impacting you, but impacting people bigger than you in the local community. So it's awesome to, uh, to have you on and, and a pleasure to, uh, to learn more about you. It was so much fun, guys. I really appreciate you uh, coming out here and having me on. Awesome.